Welcome to Life Club. This is George G. And the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Ryan Tansom. Ryan, are you ready to do this? Yes, George. Good morning. How are you? I am doing great, man. Let's go. Ryan is the co-founder of Arcona. They are an organization helping entrepreneurs get clarity and control on how to grow the value of their companies with an end in mind. He's a podcaster, speaker, and educator. Ryan, excited to have you on. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Well, let's just start with the pitter-patter I heard above me, which are my twin girls getting ready for school and my wife uh, is helping out so father of uh, twin girls that are six um and uh been the co uh, we started arcona in 2018 ish um and then uh we'll probably get into some of the other personal background but love to work out meditate i was looking at all the topics that you guys do and i just like i could we could go a lot of different directions with this uh with this conversation well i love it Six-year-old twin girls. There's a whole podcast on that as well. I've got a six-year-old boy and a three-year-old boy, but that's a whole other animal. So, it legitimately probably just bats cars and 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 I, compared to the the crafts that I've got going on, I watch our kids compared to the our friends that have boys in our family, and I'm just like, man, there's temperament di- differences right off the bat. <laughs> yeah, there's 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 no doubt about that. So, five years coming up on five years with uh, with Arcona. What was what was the problem that you saw that existed in the world that that, that motivated the uh, the formation of the company? Um, it, it's uh, the try to boil this down into a cliff note version. You know, my dad had a family business that he started. George um, started in the early '90s. Mortgage our house, bought a semi truck full of copiers. It's kind of the the original or the origin story of our family business. So he ended up scaling that business, and I got the play by play at like nine o'clock every night growing up, man. Loved it. Business became my sport back when I was kind of in um, elementary high school. And what happened was I joined the family business, didn't really want to, worked in it my whole life. But what happened was, George, when I started in the business, I I actually started full time in 09. And at that point, we were doing 21 million in revenue, had 115 employees, and we had a location in Duluth. And I think my dad had a big picture of himself on a billboard right (laughs) into Duluth. (laughs) Yep. And, uh, so where this is going with the family business though, man, like my dad had gone through a bunch of personal stuff. And um, when I had started in 09, I had like a blissful, like five months of selling. Uh, we were doing copier sales. And then what happened was, is I like 09 hit us differently, just like everybody else had had our own unique situation. And we ended up losing like $950,000 that year in 09. And so that I mean, essentially, my dad got back in active, and then my uh, he and I and some other people in the team ended up turning the business around for the next five or six years, George. And here's what like we had learned is it was just out of pure grit what we were doing. So we like sold a couple branches for cash. We built out the new uh, service offerings like managed IT services and the software automation, and then replaced like sixty percent of the employees, rebranded, just like stuff that we thought we just had to do and that was beneficial. But what happened was. It was this juggling cash flow for years, like the payroll every two weeks, like two hundred forty thousand dollars. The wire has to hit on Thursday night, and then we got two weeks to keep keep the thing going. That's really where I like my the the scarcity of capital. George is something that I never want to deal with again. And you talk about money and personality and how it's a reflection of a lot of our a lot of our past or or our, our perceptions of money and and um. We got to this point where the, the business was healthy. We didn't know how my dad never wanted to, he never wanted to really come back in. So he wanted out. And I'm just putting quotes in there. 
And it's just this feeling of trap. So back to your question of like, what, why do why do we create this? Is just the the same conversation every week, man? Selling, not selling. Selling, not selling. How do I get out, Ryan? You're running the business. This is your like, you know. I don't want to have to like, you know, essentially float you and you know have all my risk. I want my chips off the table. Couldn't ever figure out how to get out of that situation, Mark. With the, kind of the quotes in the air. Sold the business in 2014, and the nature of the sale to maximize the purchase prices, but we had to. We ended up choosing a local competitor and they only took 33 or 34 out of the 90 employees. And it was a very hard day, man. Like we sold the business and technically we got a, you know, a eight figure sale wire, but like a lot of taxes, a lot of debt, fire two thirds of the employees. And I went, what the hell was that? That was like the, my first reaction. So that's where um, it really sparked my desire to just figure out what the heck, man, you know, as an entrepreneur, you take all these risks and sacrifice personal things and who knows insanity. And to then get to the Super Bowl of your career and not have control because you don't understand something and how that game is played. That's really like the, the, the fire inside of me just wanting to help other people understand how the Super Bowl, like, which is essentially just monetizing your asset is the, you got to figure it out, man, because no one, no one's going to care as much as you. It's kind of like health. Like you got to be the, your own advocate. So that's kind of, that's a longer winded answer to your question, but then there's a couple of steps between that and Arcona, but that's really where you just realize that, Hey man, like it got to the point where we were not managing the company like a financial asset. It was just mainly a big, huge lifestyle company with a lot of people and a lot of headaches. <laughs> yeah. Well, are you grateful to have had that experience now looking back? 100%. Thank you for asking it like that. Because so many people ask, what do you regret? I'm like, I love my life. So that I struggle with that question every day, man, because the struggle is the growth, right? I mean, it's not fun when you're in the middle of it, but it's it's part of the process. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It is very impulsive to say, well, I bet you just I bet it's, you're full of regret. You're like, well, no, I, now, now I have this wonderful career where I can help other people to, 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 to be potentially proactively avoiding and not only just avoiding the heartache, but probably also really maximizing and, 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 and amplifying the impact on next generations and, and, and many other things. 100%, George. And like, you know what it is recently? I don't know if it's just because of the end of the year, the state, the season that we're in right now in the calendar year, but like I've been doing all these presentations recently and like, you know, trying to like hone in on like our, our overall message. And I'm like, honestly, I just boiled it down a couple of weeks ago on this presentation. I'm like, do you know if it's worth it, hmm. what you're doing? <laughs> I've had like 30 people on Zoom to stare at me. And it's different for everybody. It could be your lifestyle. It could be the money. It could be the impact. It could be the enjoyment that you're having. But like that question is unique to everyone. Is it worth it what you're doing? And there's going to be a combination of things that go into that re the, into that recipe for you or for everybody listening in. But if you can't answer that question, you got a lot of work to do. You know what I mean? Like figuring out what truly means to have all of it worth it. And that's really what I want to help people do because they don't know how to answer that question, which is why they're not making decisions on purpose. I mean, you're just kind of making decisions on the fly, which at some point it comes back to bite you. 
What a great question. I, I, I love questions. What would it take to to make this all worth it? If you've got a matriarch or a patriarch to ask that question, it's like, oh, wow. You know what? I've Really, I've got passing thoughts, but I've never really sat down and thought that all the way through. Yeah, that's crazy, man. I mean, in like, I think there's probably even a, a step most people have to go through, which is what do I have to figure out in order to even answer the question? Hmm. So there's like a process be even before answering the question. Yeah. So it's not that easy, but okay. So once and that's, that's, is, is that a big part of your work? It's, it's helping people to clarify <clears throat> that. And then it's let's figure out actually how to make that happen. So, yeah, I connected some of the dots. So like, I think in this is, you know, a lot for entrepreneurs and founders and family business owners or partners or whoever it is, is like, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of things that we're dealing with every single day and trying to organize all that information. That's essentially one of my passions is taking complicated stuff and making it simple. So after we sold the business, I got into wealth management for a hot second in 2014. So I got into your kind of space and I realized like, oh, compound interest, like, assets growing wealth outside of just like running a business georgia was like this revenue gross profit checking account revenue gross profit checking account kind of like the whole like uh, and we weren't even doing like the profit first so when i got into like that space for a little bit there was this intersection where business is an asset and it's not just the top line, line revenue or the gross profit of a of a business it's all about the stream of cash flow and the risk of that cash flow and what that asset is worth and I found that one of the common themes that I found is that most people don't treat their company like an asset. So like the challenges with that, George, are what do you spend your time, money, and energy on then? You can't intentionally deploy your capital or your time and energy into strategies unless you know what the result is supposed to be. So if you spend, like I did like $300,000 on a new accounting and ERP system, what's the point? Technically, I have less cash that year. I have a lot of headaches because a lot of pissed off employees. I got problems with customers because of the system. Why would you embark upon that unless you're going to have a return on that? And the return is actually in the equity asset growth, not the scalability of the operations that particular year. I mean, they're they're correlated, but my point is there's this like understanding of how to view and run your company as a financial asset. So we have a training program that's based on five principles to help people think like that. And then what happened was over like, I think there's like 450 people that have been through it in the last three years. People then kept looking at us going like, can you help us with principle number four, which is grow value. And there was a module that we taught on company financials that people just kept gravitating towards. So there's kind of this, this like, as you can see the story, this progression of wanting to teach people how to fish. Then people are like, great. I learned how to fish, but like, I need a pole. I need, I need to figure out where the lake is. And like, that's really where it's how we were teaching the financials, which led us to uh, building out the fractional CFO service offering. And then we have a, like a CFO services light, which is including a dashboard, but not to get into the, the total commercial. The whole point was people realized we were doing something unique with how we were communicating the financials. And then they wanted some help and we're trying to figure out how to get the product pricing fit of a way we could help people in a way that made sense for both with both parties. Yeah. I'm really fond of saying that I'd rather be useful and brilliant. And I think that I imagine <laughs> when you're looking at a lot of things you've been talking about, 
it's probably pretty easy to fall in the trap of being super smart and being super academic or too textbooky. But it's like, great, I just want to know how the thing works and I want to actually be able to take it and 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 apply it. Hundred percent, man. Like, we could probably unpack a couple examples, but this, before I do, like, your to your point, George. I mean, I've been doing the podcast for almost seven years too. So, I, if that was my only job and I didn't have to apply any of this, I could just talk in theory land, right? Like, like traditional media, like, like, oh, look, well, we're just going to say that this is how it should work. But when you have to go into a prospecting meeting and you say something and someone looks like it, looks at you like you're an idiot, you're like, well, that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> So like you need to like take the feedback in. And then like when we were building out our CFO services, at one point we didn't have a minimum. Now we do because like, well, shit, we're losing money. Like maybe we need to, you know, put some, you know, uh, gaps or stop gaps on that. So like you just learning on the fly. So, yeah, I think the. I think it's important for people that are teachers to be practitioners at the same time. And I think you, uh, you um, adhere to that as well. And then uh, going back to your point about like just helping me get rid of the academic jargon behind it. Like realistically, George, we all as entrepreneurs, we want to sell something that provides value to the world. For some reason, we chose whatever business and service product we're doing at a profit while then having some cash flow at the end of the day that's left over, right? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> we want to be able to grow an asset, increase our distributions and our income along the way while having fun working with people that we like on topics that we like and making an impact. And if, if we can't find that intersection, then we're just going to be feeling like that, that question is not answerable. Is it worth it or not? So the vehicle of a business is one of the best platforms to get people there. And like you start getting into like quality of earnings or the discounted cash flow or contribution margin or the cash flow. I mean, the, you, should, you can get lost into the technical details that don't freaking matter. If you don't have your point B completely identified and clarified just doesn't matter until you figure that out yeah i think that that's really well said <clears throat> so you mentioned earlier we have limited amounts of time attention energy money just our most valuable resources essentially and so many of the people i'm sure that you're talking to are allocating majority of those to the important things getting those getting their business into the hands creating value dealing with the employees how do you talk to people about carving off some of that to be thinking long term and should everybody be thinking about that when should they be thinking about starting a process like this um I totally understand the question. The reason I'm uh, hesitating is because I think I'm a little bit freakish. We're like, dude, in school, I was the terrible kid. We're like, why? 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 Remember this. Look at this. Read this book with all these, you know, dudes that are black and white and we have wigs on. Why? Because. Why? Because. And so I was just that, that jerk, that, <laughs> not the jerk, but the, 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 the annoying kid that would always ask why. So like, I, I, I'm giving you some context because I can't do anything in my life unless I know why the hell it matters. So like, it's a, I think it's a little bit of my own quirk where like, I'm not capable of doing anything without the why. So to your point, to your question is immediately, I won't, I can't do anything, especially twice, unless I know why this and how it ties to some long-term goal. So I think that's kind of innate in me. So I think, you know, again, is it worth it? How do you answer that question? Like, waking up and wait like legitimately having 24 hours go by and not knowing why you're doing things that to me just like blows my head up so 
I want to figure out where am I going? How does all the world work and how do I fit into it? So then for me, that, that reduces my anxiety quite a bit. So I would say like trying to figure out like what's important to you is, is crucial off the bat. And have you ever heard that, uh, what's the, the story about like, you get six hours to chop down a tree and you get handed mm-hmm. a sledgehammer, turn it into an ax or you sharpen the ax for the first four hours instead of just beating the sledgehammer against the tree for six hours and hoping for a different result. <laughs> Yeah, I think that that's well said again. And yeah, so immediately, as soon as possible, ask your question, what would it take to have all this be worth it to get closer to that kind of clarity and then to be how much how much time does it really take to be doing? And I guess that that's really a that that depends because at each stage, there's probably going to be different things you're going to be need to be doing. Yeah, I think it, well, let's put like a, I love like frameworks to think by George. And like, so I think I'm, I'm like thinking about the long term is like, there, life is a journey, right? It's all about relativity. Like, I mean, there's love and fear, and then everything's a derivative of that. And we're all here to experience life. Like, that's the whole point is the journey. It's, there is no shiny, perfect thing at what point in time. So the process of life is about like, what do you want to be? And, you know, every, every bit of information that you're getting every day, this is my belief anyways, that every bit of information that you're getting is like, I liked that experience or I liked how I reacted or I did not. So every day is a process of learning and refinement. And so like, when I think about like my wife, as she's been trying to find her calling in life and, and I, and I don't, I said that a little sarcastically and I guess no one's sitting on the pillow with us every night, but like, I mean, there's a little bit of where she thinks someone's going to come out of the heavens and just hand her an envelope and be like, if you just did this, everything in your life would be enjoyable. And I'm like, Megan, remember the last 10 years of shit I did that I didn't like? And that's why I don't do that stuff anymore. And this is why I'm doing what I like now, because I know that I didn't like that. And I like this. So, so to your point is like, what it's the process of reflection maybe is a better way to answer that. So there's like the, Hey, here's a hazy idea of what I think I want. I'm going to start organizing my life and my resources and my everything towards that and then adjusting along the way, but not being so critical of myself that I didn't like accomplish it in the specific timeline. It's more just like the process is the, the journey is the process. And that's kind of the point. Yeah. I love it. I'm giving ourselves grace to recognize that I am being intentional. That doesn't mean that it's all going to happen right now. And <laughs> or, per- or to, perfect. All right. Yeah. Also not a game of perfect. I love it. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage with Arcona? How does it all work? Um, the website's e- the easiest place. Um, it's arcona.io, A-R-K-O-N-A.io. We've got 330 podcasts out, out there on intentional growth, which is the podcast name. Uh, it's based on five principles, which is also the training. And I'm on LinkedIn, so... I'm out there if you want to find me and uh, hopefully there's enough content out there for people to get a good flavor of uh, what we are and what we stand for. I love it. Well, if you enjoyed as much as I did, show around your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, certainly friends that are business owners, go to arcona.io. It's A-R-K-O-N-A dot I-O. Check out the Intentional Growth Podcast and figure out if your philosophies are online and then get in touch. Thanks again, Ryan. Thanks so much. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. And until next time, remember, do your part by doing your best.